Good morning and welcome to church again. So to recap, we are in a series called Three Simple Rules. John Wesley, who helped start the Methodist movement, created three simple rules for a clear, no-nonsense approach to life. And while these rules of do no harm, do good, stay in love with God, are simple, the concepts behind these rules are profound and can change the way that we approach life. Now, these three rules are shaped by Scripture. They're grounded in Scripture, but they don't encompass the entire Bible. But they do serve as a kind of cliff notes of some of the big ideas in Scripture about how we are to live and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So let's begin with Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. This is the Common English Bible. Let's not get tired of doing good, because in time we'll have a harvest if we don't give up. So then, let's work for the good of all, whenever we have an opportunity, and especially for those in the household of faith. Today we're going to talk about what does it mean to do good, how are we to live it, and what is the vision and the purpose and the goal for this Christian life. Now, remember this Christian life is not about getting saved and being done. This Christian life is a journey. And on this journey, on this walk, it's going to be difficult. And because of that, God gives us His grace along the way. And depending on where we're at, there's different types of grace available to us. The rule today is do good. Do you know what Wesley's most famous quote is? Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. So as we look at this Christian life, where do we begin? Well, let's start at the start. What's the starting place for us all? Hint, we're in a Methodist church. So if you ever don't know the answer to a question, it's probably grace. So what's the starting place for us all? Grace. So the foundation is grace. And because the Methodist church is all about that grace, we talk about different types of grace. Prevenient, awakening, maturing. And the goal is to live in the sweet spot. Do you remember what Jesus said? I give you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, so you must love each other. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples. When you love each other. So how do we do good? 
By loving each other. By loving others. By loving our neighbor. And who's our neighbor? Our neighbor is whoever is around us. Wherever we are. By loving those around us. Now, do you know why we talk about grace so much in the Methodist church? Because grace is the love of God. It's unconditional. It's unmerited. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You're born into it. And that's the perfect place to start with prevenient grace. For those of you who are parents, when did you start loving your baby? When she was about a year and a half and could say, I love you? Before then? Okay. Was it when she was about one and started walking and talking? It was before then? Okay. Was it when she was about three months and started blowing bubbles? It was before then? Okay, so on the day you brought your baby home. Before that? Okay, so on the day your baby was born. That's the day you started loving your baby. Before then? You started loving your baby before she was born. So Wesley's idea of prevenient grace, that word prevenient, it comes from the Latin prevenia, which literally means to come before. This is the grace that comes to us before we know God. Even when we're lost, even when we're far away, God was still with us. And like your parents loved you before you were born, God has always loved you. God has always loved you. And then there's awakening grace. This is when we feel conviction. And we wake up and we become aware of our sin. That we wake up and we feel the need to change our lives. And the good news is that Jesus transforms us. And then He sends us out to love others and to do good. Now, let's be clear. This awakening grace is not a one-hit wonder. It can happen at any time and it can happen over and over again. That God awakens us to live into our calling of doing good. Traditionally, this is called justified. And what that means is that we are proved righteous by works and not by faith alone. What this really means is that Jesus saves you. That by dying on the cross, Jesus forgives our sin. And in Jesus, we find freedom, and that is freedom from guilt. And Jesus restores us in God's love can overcome any sin. Through grace, we find forgiveness. And as we realize the depth of God's love, we change our hearts. In Hebrews, 
it says, so let's press on to maturity by moving on from the basics about Christ's Word. So next is maturity. And that's where we live out our faith. When you love someone, do you just say, I love you? Or do you do things? Like build a bookcase, take out the trash, cook a meal. We don't do good to save ourselves. Love is a verb. Love is an action. Love is a language. Faith is doing, caring, serving. Faith is actions. Now, the religious term for this is sanctification, which really means increasing in love for God and love for neighbor. And this is the power that leads us to become more like Jesus. This is when... This is where we start to bear fruit. Okay? So, what's the goal while we're on this side of heaven? If you're a baseball fan, you know that if you hit the ball with the thick part of the bat, sweet spot, the ball's going to go further. It's going to be more effective. So, the goal is to live in the sweet spot of life. What's the sweet spot? This is when we're going and doing acts of love and service. This is when we're making the love of Jesus real. When we're giving grace to others. When we feel alive. When we're in the sweet spot of life, we're doing what we're made for. And so the goal is to live in that as much as we possibly can. To do as much good as we possibly can. But let's be practical. How can we live this? If we want to be real, if we want to go deep, we've got to examine our motives. I mean, after all, Proverbs 16.2 says, The Lord tests the motives. So what's our motive in doing good? To be right? To win love and approval? To be successful? To be made whole for justice? Or to feel safe? Or to avoid pain? Or to have control? Or to have harmony? Our real motive should be to connect to God. Romans 12 says... So, brothers and sisters, because of God's mercies, I encourage you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God. Did you know the Bible says that we are created to do good? Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 reads, You are saved by God's grace through His faithfulness. This salvation is God's gift. It's not something you possessed. It's not something you did that you could be proud of. Instead, we are God's accomplishment. Created in Christ Jesus to do good things. God planned 
for these good things to be the way that we live our lives. We are created to do good. Do good. Do good and let God work through you. Now, let's circle back to sanctification. Wesley said that the goal of sanctification is Christian perfection. Okay. I'm trying to live faithfully, but I'm not perfect. I still fail. So does that mean that something's wrong with me? That I'm defective? That I'm not really saved? No, but those are real worries that real people have. There are many people who are saved, but they just don't feel safe. They don't feel safe from judgment. They don't feel safe from hell. They don't feel safe from some angry God. Let's awaken to this. Faith isn't about you completely convincing yourself that you're going to heaven beyond a shadow of a doubt. Faith is acknowledging what Jesus did for you. It's about accepting the love of God. All right, hang with me for a second because I really geek over this stuff right here. The Hebrew word for atonement is kafar, and that means to cover. All right, so hang with me and I'll tell you how Jesus covers our sins. In the Greek New Testament, there's two main words that's used for sin. One is hamartana, and that means to miss the mark. All right, so if you're aiming for something and you don't hit what you're aiming at, hamartana, you missed the mark. All right, that's one reason why Jesus came, was to hit the mark, to live a perfect life, to follow the law, to live the life that we just The other word used for sin is hamartia. And that word means offense. The blood of Jesus washes away our offense. On the cross, the judgment of our sins was poured out on Jesus. You don't have to worry about judgment. Jesus has already faced the judgment of our sins. On the cross, Jesus redeemed us and reconciled us to God as His blood covers all our sin. Jesus at Calvary, Jesus on the cross is the work of salvation. And we see in the gospel, the story is that God loves us so much that God humbles Himself and comes to us as Jesus and He lives this perfect life and He tells us how we are to live, that we are to love God and to love our neighbor. And we see that He loves us so much that He lays down His life for us so that we will never be separated from Him. And Jesus wraps us all up in His embrace. And the real message of the cross is that love conquers all. Now, the point of today is do good. 
And the truth is, when you realize that Jesus died for you, you live differently. When you realize how far Jesus went, breaking all of Himself, pouring all of Himself out for you, for love, then you follow His example. That you give yourself for others. Love compels us. Love makes us dig in. Love makes us go deeper. The challenge is to do good. To do more good. We want our lives to be so connected to God that good flows out. Let's close with these verses from 1 Peter chapter 3. Finally, all of you, be of one mind, sympathetic, lovers of your fellow believers, compassionate, and modest in your opinion of yourselves. Don't pay back evil for evil or insult for insult. Instead, give blessings in return. You were called to do this so that you might inherit a blessing. For those who want to love life, and see good days, should keep their tongue from speaking evil and their lips from speaking lies. They should shun evil and do good. Seek peace and chase after it. The Lord's eyes are on the righteous, but His ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord cannot tolerate those who do evil. Who will harm you if you are zealous? For good. But happy are you even if you suffer because of righteousness. Don't be terrified or upset by them. Instead, regard Christ as holy in your hearts. Whenever anyone asks you to speak of your hope, be ready to defend it. Yet do this with respectful humility, maintaining a good conscience. Act in this way so that those who malign your good lifestyle in Christ may be ashamed when they slander you. It is better to suffer for doing good, if this could possibly be God's will, than for doing evil. Again, it is better to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Do good. In the name of the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit. Amen.